With the worship and time we have spent uh, so far, I don't think any sermon that could be brought could, uh, could improve the spirit of the room or enhance the hearts of those of us who came with a true, sincere heart to worship the Lord. Uh, my topic uh, today is what do you got to believe while you're going through testing? You know, every one of us in this room have been through or going through testing. And the, the issue is, did you walk through the test or did you get run out of, of where you were at? Did you, win, did you leave a winner or did you leave, you know, getting spanked, you know, so, so to speak? So I, I wrote something this morning uh, from the Lord. There, there's, there's no good thing that comes from me. Let me just lay some basic groundwork. That if you come into the presence of the Lord, it, it, it's because you, you're getting it from Him through the Holy Spirit. And this is what I wrote. I wrote, this is the attitude that I wanted us to start off with this morning. is my God, here I am. I am totally yours, devoted to you. Lord, make me according to your heart. Have you ever thought about can you imagine changing your entire life, your thought process, and say, now, make me according to God's heart? See, God is waiting. He's, he's waiting at that door for you to say, come on in. So, so he, he can, he, he, if you'll open it up, he'll walk in. My God, my Father, make me where you are comfortable with every aspect of my life so I can spend eternity with you. You see, that's the, really the bottom line of what we do is that as we are conformed, as we're changed, as, as we become more than, we're, than anything we can hope, think, or imagine is because it is God's vision of eternity. Can you imagine yourself as a walking vision of God's eternity about what God thinks eternity should be? How special then are you? How important are you to God? How important is it for you to to be to survive more than just going through problems of life? It's huge. See, God is creating what? A bride for himself. See, if you could create the very best, how would you do it? Now, when you purposefully keep the door open to him in every area of your life, then he'll come into every area of your life. Now, the good news of the open door is that Satan also comes through that open door. See, he comes in John 10, 10, and we've covered that verse a lot of times, is that his, his purpose is negative, where God's purpose is positive. But the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that nothing can be stolen from you, taken or attacked you that hasn't already been taken back. See, Satan has already lost every war that he could bring against us through when Jesus died on the cross, when he shed his blood, at that point, when we were in Christ Jesus, at that point, you become more than a conqueror. See, Satan, if, if you just look at the issues and troubles of your life and said, I don't care what I'm going through, I'm a winner. All things work together for good. Who what? Who, loves, who does what? 
love God and called according to his purpose. That's the only two things you have to do that you only have to use when, when it comes down to dealing with issues. Do you honestly love God and are you doing what he wants? And then there's a promise. All things work together for good. Okay, so therefore, can you think of any situation in your life where Satan can win? No. I'm getting very little shaking, short shakes of heads. No, but we ought to have some really big smiles and say, you know what, I've never thought of it that way. There is nothing that Satan or the world can bring against me and my house or my children that can be successful. I feel sorry for them, for them wasting all their time. Now, Proverbs 20, verse 5 says that the the purpose of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. So, so in other words, there are deep things inside you, but how do you get them out? You have to have insight. Where does insight come from? What do you think? Where does insight come from? Hearing the word of God. See, the, the issue of surviving your test comes from your ability then to have that insight. Now, notice the word in and then sight. Now, is that in blindness or is that in seeing? That's in seeing, in sight. So in other words, also insight is there it is. It's not I hope it comes someday. I know God loves me, but I just don't know if this is going to work out. It is in sight. See, the deep things inside you when God has given it out is right there. But now look what it says there. It says the purpose of a person's heart are deep waters. That requires a different thinking. That requires a man or a woman or a child who has a desire to think the level of thoughts that God thinks. Now, that's the Sid Davis huge. In my Sunday night uh, ministry I have, I use that phrase to my class. My classes have started making fun of me because I'll get to a point and I'll make a point and I'll say, now that's huge. And so they'll, they'll repeat something. Man, that's a Sid Davis huge. But you see, that's really huge. How the deeper you go, the bigger the insight, the more you see, the more you draw out. Okay? Now, now because of our fallen nature in each one of us, we also we all have the seeds of good and evil in us. You were born that way, even after you get saved. We're still dealing with issues that came with our body when we were born. Okay, that is why testing is so critical, so that we'll know what we're dealing with, and we will know the thoughts, emotions, and choices that we're dealing with. So in other words, testing will show you what is your old nature and what is your new nature. Okay, so in other words, that is why God brings these things up is to for the purpose of separating out. Um, Romans eight twenty eight is that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. We know, okay, that 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 when you're dealing with the two issues that you'll, you'll know whether it's God's purpose or not. Question, 
Can anybody think of a scripture verse that says that you can be angry and sin not? So in other words, is there a way that we are allowed to have our emotions and feelings and not turn into ungodliness? Exactly. See, the issue is not the fact that, that, you, that you have thoughts, feelings, or emotions. The issue is, are you dealing with them in the deep things of God? See, God, God, God says in, in, in that verse, and I'm going to get to a little more detail later, is that that is the area that separates you from the world. See, you are the one that says, don't let sin, don't let, correct, don't let the, the, the sun go down. See, God gives us the power to immediately deal with that. Okay. Um, now, uh, tonight or today will be the first of a three-part series that I'm going to be giving on testing. This is a really depth, deep subject. I promise you, every moment you are alive, you are in testing. Testing never ends because your your being purified never ends. Um, now, testing. Do you know? Did you know that God even tests Himself? Ever thought about that? Look up. Look up Malachi three ten. Look up Malachi three ten. That's how important testing is. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now, what's the next two words? Test me. And this says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. See, God, God says, okay, tell you what, I'm gonna, you can test my words all day long. God's saying, okay, my words will never fail. My words will never return void. See, God is willing to say, okay, let's have, let's have a test. Remember the three tests that Jesus did in Luke, in, excuse, yeah, Luke chapter 4, verses 1 to 13? Remember, remember his three tests? How did he answer those three tests? It is written. See how simple it was when he when he had to do when he had to do his test. Now remember the very first test that Satan got to exercise on the earth was against Adam and Eve in Genesis three one. And remember what he asked them. He asked them a very simple question. He said, "Did God really say?" And remember their answer was logic, feelings, and emotions. And they wound up agreeing with what Satan's question was. So therefore, how much different would their life have been if they would have just answered, did God really say that? Yep. Would that not have shut him up? Would that not have sent him on his way? Okay, so therefore, did God really say what he has said that you understand in your life? Yep. That's, that's, that's how simple of an answer. That's how, how deep we, we have to be. So my question then to us is, do you live a yep life? 
Yep. You don't have to be more complicated than that. When those thoughts, feelings, and emotions that you know are not of Christ, when they flow into you, do you just show them the door and just say, you ain't staying. It's time for you to go. Yep. Now, now get out of town. People that live yep lives are Romans 1.16 type people. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. The simpler life you believe, you just say, I just believe the word of God. I believe what it says. I believe it applies to me. I believe, Satan, that your power is destroyed, that there is no way that you can have access into my home, my life, my job, or anything, and that I am more than a conqueror. That is telling the same thing as John the Baptist did in John 3.30. Remember the conclusion that John came to when he passed his test? He said what? He had to become less so that Christ could become more. Now, um, when you come to that conclusion, you know what? Yep, we're just going to let the word, Word of God be the controlling agent of my life. I'm just simply going to agree with it. I'm not going to argue with you, Satan, or the world. Then Matthew 4.4 4 says that James answered, and it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, when you're, when you're deciding, you're going to be the type of person that is just simply going to say, you know what, this testing is not going to break me. The things I'm going through right now will not cost me one minute's sleep. There is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? Comfort me. Okay, so in other words, man, even though I'm feeling, seeing, experiencing that one thing, I will not allow control my life. I will not allow fear. I will not allow the presence of the enemy. I will not allow his greatest weapons. And so Satan, and I've I've said this over and over, and I'm going to keep saying it, is that power and purpose of God always go hand in hand. If God gives you a purpose, if God gives you a test, he gives you the power. Can anybody think of a scripture verse that says he'll give you the will and the way to what? To do his good will. So in other words, it's not by accident. You are accident. It's not by accident. You're going through what you're going through. It's not. If God gives you a new purpose, it's on purpose. See, and then, but then when he gives you new purpose, it's bingo. He's also going to give you the power to do that. So, um, so the way I tried to look at it when I was trying to figure out what's got, how do I maximize my life and how do I maximize the power that I know God has for me and what I'm going to what I'm going to do is I used the correlation of the broad road and the narrow road the broad way and the narrow way so the center of God's will is the least 
latitude you have in life. What God's will is for you is either yes or no, and there's no room for maybe. Okay, anything outside the center of God's will is what I'm going to call. Now, you've got to be old to, to appreciate this. Is the member of the TV show Outer Limits? Yeah, now the old people with gray hair are nodding their heads up and down. But you see, anything outside the center of God's will is the outer limits. See, the outer limits is the broad road, but that's the road where you go blind. Remember the scripture says the blind shall lead the blind and they both fall in a ditch. See, when you move outside the center of God's will, and that's where you're at in the testing, you want to stay right in the center where the light is the brightest. See, and that's where, that's where the enemy cannot stop you. When you get outside the center that's where his logic drives you into the dark, and you go blind. First um, Peter five eight says, um, "Be alert and sober minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour." Okay, now verse nine says, "Resist him." Stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brethren throughout the world. So in other words, there is nothing new that the enemy can bring against you that hasn't already been, been tried. I listened to some teaching last night, and it was talking about how one of the captivities of Israel was into Babylon. And one of the things that they did, remember to the, the Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego-type type stories where they changed their name was to change their nature. And what this preacher presented that I listened to, and he said, he said, he said what we're experiencing today has already been seen in the world about this transgenderism. It's already been here. It's already been seen. It's already been tried, and it has already been destroyed. Okay, so once I heard that, I go, cool. I'm not worried about that anymore. I don't care what they say on TV or, or, or how they say it. So therefore, the word devour, the, the roaring lion seeking whom may he may devour. That is, the, that is the Greek word, and I promise I will not say it correctly, but it's, it's the Greek word, katapino. The Greek word catapino. Now, the evil one looks for somebody that he can devour. Now, this is what the purpose of devouring is. See, if you decide you're going to give in to your test, you're not going to make it according to the will and word of God, then Satan is right here to devour you, and you may know some people who have been devoured. Now, this is what devouring means. It is the most gruesome horrible death you can imagine it means more than you just simply get swallowed up or killed that means satan's plan is to totally dismember you to separate every living being from every living part of your body and to destroy you to the point to where it will he and it says gulping up your fluids 
He will swallow you up and totally destroy you and take every aspect of you to where you do not have one ounce of energy left to resist. That's how bad the devourer is. But did you notice? Is that keep diligent, keep the faith, keep sober-minded, keep watchful. Now, what type of people are those who do not keep alert? Can you think of some, some words that would describe them? Those that do not keep alert are people who are not in fellowship. The people that do not keep sober-minded are those who are not in the Word. The Those that make excuses and, and say, well, what about this story? And they've got a, they've got a, a reason why, and you can never argue with their logic. See, those are, the, those, those are just future menu items for Satan. And he is going to chew them up, and it's going to be horrible. Okay, when you walk sober and watchful as Jesus walked. See, now here's now. Now, isn't Jesus our example? If he said it, we can agree with it. If he did it, we agree. That's the right way to go. Okay, so then in John 16, 13. John 16, 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. See, when you decide, okay, I am going to pass the test, even though I am walking through this valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, because there's food and guidance. See, that's where John 16, 13 fits in here, is that he will, God will show you what is yet to come. He'll give you a sense that you, are, you will not be defeated. You will drive out the enemy from your land. You'll be more than a conqueror. So here, here's one of the, the Sid Davis questions of my, of my usual preaching method. Can, do you have a history of being successful? Or do you have a history of uh, being run off? See, that's, that's, that's the ultimate question. See, does the enemy run you out when he's ready? Or do you run him out so he's tired of messing with you? Deuteronomy 28:13 The Lord will make you the head and not the tail if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them you'll always be at the top and never at the bottom. God wants you to pass every test in your life. If he gives you a direction and a command, he wants you to be successful at it. Does anybody want to be a horrible father or mother? No. Does anybody want to fail school? No. Does anybody want to be a, a, a broke and nothing ever accomplished in your life? No. See, God wants all the opposites of that. God says, I want you to be the head. Do we have a group of people in here that want to be the head in everything they put their hands to? See, can you make that commitment? That's the type of man or woman I want to be. I want to be the head. I don't want to be the tail any longer. <clears throat> okay. 
Can we look at, at the life? Now, let's look at the life of Jesus and see the examples about how he accomplished these things. Now, let's look at how. I told you what, kind of give you some background about this is what we have to face. But now let's look at how that we're going to accomplish these things. And I'm on, these are thoughts, these are suggestions that I think that you can see in Jesus' life. Is number one, spend time with God every morning. How many times in the Bible, and I didn't count them, but how many times in the Bible did uh, Jesus go up on the mountain to pray? How many times? A lot. A lot. So therefore, when he went up on the mountain to pray at night, guess what? He was there in the morning. Okay? There are some stories about Jesus took disciples with him. You know, sometimes they stayed all night, sometimes they fell asleep, whatever the case may be. But I think one of the things that we can we can have as a as a test survivor is make a commitment that you are going to spend time with God in the morning. Okay, now does this mean that you have to read your Bible before you eat your Cheerios? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying find a way every day. To, to spend time with God. Now, Psalm 5, verse 3 uh, says, In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will prepare for you and watch and wait. Psalm 5, 3, Every morning, I will prepare and I will watch and wait. Now, if you are looking for God, what direction is your head? What do you think? Exactly. Bingo. See, when you are looking up, you're, ha- you're not looking at yourself. You're not looking at your thoughts, feelings, or emotions. You're not looking at the things of, well, I want to sleep with this list of problems. Guess what's waiting on me today? You're not looking at that. You're looking at, okay, Lord, what is the deep things I need to draw from today? How will I find that? See, looking up in the morning, first thing, Isaiah 50, verse 4, it says, The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens in me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. See, when you connect with the Lord, guess what speech pattern he has already prepared for you for that day. Now, if you haven't turned, if you've got time, turn to that verse, because I, I want you to underline a, a few verses or a few parts of this verse, because this is the way God is talking to you. And if you are not hearing it, then maybe you need to go back back to square one when when we when we started off here and we said, my God, here am I. I'm totally yours, devoted to you. Go back to that point. Sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the words that sustain the weary. Okay, when you wake up in the morning, what kind, what type of speech pattern is available to you? Do you have to wake up grumpy? Do you have to wake up? Or can you wake up? I've got the words of life in my mouth. What do you think? 
See, God has made us so that you can be more than. You don't have to be like the world. See, God has, has given me the tongue that sustains the worry. He wakens me every morning by morning. So how often has God got this, this plan in, in effect for you? Every day. If you didn't get it yesterday, guess what? It's here today. So in other words, you don't have to take the next, you don't have to re-enroll the next semester and wait for school to start again. All you got to do is say, every morning his mercies are new. His thoughts towards me are as many as the sands of the sea. See, see that when he says morning by morning, boom, that's the level and, and, and amount that, that flows to you. He awakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. Now, I thought that part in itself was, was, pretty, was pretty cool. He, he, he alerts, he awakens my ear like one being instructed. Have you ever, I know I didn't thought about it until I started studying these scriptures, but there, there must be a different sense that we can awaken to. That we can say, okay, God, I want to hear you. And God can speak to you on that desire, on that way. Now, I thought that was another huge, huge thing. When you commit the word of God to live in your heart and you keep your mind on the word, then you have complete access to how God's thinking works. And that's where on earth as it is in heaven makes more sense and it means more to you. See, when you make that commitment, see, I'm not talking about, well, we're just going to make a, a church commitment. We're going to pray, oh, Lord, give it to me. But we're just simply going to talk about, Lord, inside me, inside you. Change that part so that I can have that hearing. Take me to that place where I can be instructed. Now, this verse also says that you cannot be instructed if you can't hear. So if there are some things that you're going through and keep going through, then there's some things you need to focus back on. Satan doesn't care how much time you spend in church, what family you come from, how much money you have. But if your house can't be washed away in the storm, then he knows you have a foundation built on God's word and you believe it. And he's got a problem with you. Is there anybody in here that Satan has a problem with? Yeah. Yeah. See, all it only takes a believer believing in what God said, standing in the face of the storms and trials of life, and he's got a problem. Now, remember the sons of Sceva? Okay, seven sons of Sceva. They, they had a ministry where they would uh, lay hands on the, on the demon-possessed. And remember how that story came out? The demon-up the demon guy did what to the seven sons? Beat them up to the point to where sent them out the door naked. I mean, beat them, beat them bad. Ripped their clothes off, the whole nine yards. And that demon inside him said, uh, he said, Paul, I, Jesus I know. And Paul, I know, but who are you? See, if you're not the type of person that is willing to pass a test, be instructed by the Lord, 
man, the Satan is not afraid of you. And he will continue to devour you and beat you. And it will not, it is not pretty. I used as my scripture verse, Psalm 105, verses 16 to 19. So if we want to turn there. And I would like to help bring comfort to people who say, well, I've been praying. I've been going through this. Nothing seems to change. This problem won't be dealt with. And and we're going to use Joseph as our example. Now, this, this describes a part of the history of Israel. Remember when there was a, uh, a famine in the land? Okay. Now, this is kind of a synopsis part of where God was talking about why he sent Joseph the way he did. Okay. Now, 16, he called down famine on the land and destroyed all their supplies of food. So, in other words, that famine that made the whole world get up and move, who did it? Okay. Everybody see that? Okay. Now, and he sent a man before him, for them. What's the name? Joseph. Joseph, sold as a slave. Now, how many years... Or while Joseph was a slave, what were his duties before he became second in command of Egypt? He was what, Georgia? He ran things in the jailhouse. Did he do something at, a, at the uh, captain of the guard's house? He ran the captain of the guard's house. But at no time before he was set free and became, was he ever a free man? He put up with temptations, trials, day after day after day. Did he do a ministry, interpret dreams uh, for two guys saying, okay, uh, in two days you're going to get your head cut off, but you're gonna, the other one you're going to be restored? Oh, one going back restored? Tell Pharaoh about me. Two years later, he was still in jail. Okay. And he sent a man before them, Joseph, sold as a slave, and they bruised his feet and shackled his neck, was put, on, put in irons, till what he foretold came to pass, till the word of the Lord proved him true. The tests are not measured by time. God does not look at us as saying, okay, in 2019, this is absolutely going to be resolved. Because a day is what to the Lord? The same as a thousand years and a thousand years as a... Okay. So, so in other words, the issue of whether God's word is true, whether it's going to work, is not measured in time. It's measured in faith. See, Jesus asked a real simple question. When I return to the earth, will I find faith? When he looks at your life and how you sustained and lived and served and loved and, 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 and overcame, can he look at your life and say, there's a faith on two legs walking around. There's a history and a tradition. I would like to leave you with, uh, with this, that... Uh, in conclusion, I challenge you to live each day sober and vigilant to what God has set before you. Test 
examine yourself to see if you're really in faith. Have you ever done that? Test yourself. So in other words, rather than waiting for life to jump on you, you start the test process. Test yourself to see if you're really in faith. Here's another one, and I don't ask ever a whole lot of people to agree with me, but are, Lord, are there any areas of my life where I am not truly born again? Is there anything hanging out that I need to be aware of that I haven't considered? Third thing is, Lord, teach me. Do I act like Jesus, talk like Jesus, and think like Jesus? See, that is a total internal willingness to be conformed into the image of God. Test to see how genuine you really are. And if you will do what I just suggested, I promise you at the end of your life, you will not be judged. You can die with assurance. You can walk as a man or woman of confidence that there's no weapon that the enemy can bring up or life can bring up or any way, shape, or form that can shake your faith. So who wants to live a life of confidence knowing that when this life is over, I'll be in the presence of the Lord? You see, that's the depth and height and breadth of the love of God. See, when you start off and you say, my God, here I am. I am totally yours, devoted to you. Lord, make me according to your heart. My God, my Father, make me where you are comfortable with me. Make me comfortable. Is there anything in your life you're willing to hold on to or you're willing to let all things pass away? See, that's, that's kind of easy to say yes, but when the test comes, will you let it go? Will you let anger go now? Will you let bitterness and unforgiveness go now? Will you let past issues go now? Will you want the spirit of light to totally engulf and indwell you? See, those are the things that we have to deal with. My God, my Father, make me to where every aspect of your life is my life. So in other words, does God ever sleep? So in other words, do you want a 24-7 relationship with Him? See, that's being conformed into His image. It doesn't mean you stay up 24 hours, what I'm trying to say is that, see, even while you are asleep, He's instructing you, teaching you. And Father, I'm looking forward to spending eternity with you. See, that's the hope of glory. That's the filling of our faith. And if I end, if I've done a good job today, I've done it for one reason, is because right now I want to leave inside each one of you a peace, the peace of God which passes all understanding to keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, that's, that's what the enemy cannot steal. He cannot steal your peace if you live in peace. Your peace is in the center 
not off on the ditch, not chasing something. So I'm ending with this. If there is anybody or anything you need to forgive, repent of, let go, then right now do it. Start off by saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Now, if the Lord's bringing back memories to you, deal with them right now. Lord, I repent. I don't know where that came from, but it's not staying. It's going. Lord, now give me the spirit of love in all that I do. And as always, whenever I get a, a chance to preach here, I consider it a privilege to, to come amongst a bunch of a, a group of believers who have one heart, one faith, one baptism in Christ Jesus. So thank you very much. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen.